Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have bassist for Roman Alexander, Spencer Bradley. You're going to hear Spencer's story of growing up in Arkansas and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about early days touring the South with his brother, Gable Bradley, tour managing for artists while playing for them on the road, and his time touring with Ashley Cook. I had a great time talking to Spencer. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Spencer? We're doing pretty good, man. Tired, but hanging in. <laughs> That's good, man. Glad to have you on the show. So, uh, yeah, getting right your story, uh, you grew up in Hot Springs, Arkansas, right? Uh, what was your childhood like? Yeah, uh, it's a very it's different than others, I'd say. Uh, I started playing music when I was five years old with the Irish tin whistle, and um, grew up playing weird instruments and i was actually a competitive irish dancer for eight years of my life no way and um that kind of influenced my just the trying different you know music stuff and and i played flute um and band i was in a small town in arkansas hot springs you know and and um, i was the only guy flute player in my school and um Graduated high school playing flute, then went to college at University of Arkansas Razorbacks, and was the only guy piccolo player in the in the school in the last twenty years or whatever. Um, but we grew up playing music. Me and my older brother and my twin brother at church kind of got started in worship band, and I was like, "What instrument can I pick that's completely different than a flute?" And I saw a buddy play the bass guitar, and I was like, "That sounds like fun. That's cool." I picked up the bass and um, we're all self-taught guitar players and and um, started touring the, the southeast country, part of the country with my brothers in college and then dropped out of school and my older brother and I moved here seven years ago, I think, and um, been doing it ever since. So before you even picked up the the flute or the bass, what what kind of music was being played around the house that kind of made you feel a connection to music early on? Oh, uh so my, my parents aren't really that musical. My dad played guitar for a little bit, and then he he loved all sorts of genres. My mom got us really young into John Denver was like the only artist she would listen to over like our CD players and the radio in the house. Yeah. But um, my my actual my first cousin gave me my first rock CD, and she gave me the Shout of the Devil Motley Crue CD when I was like I don't know seven or eight years old, and I had no idea what it was. And uh, that influenced a lot of the music me and my brother listened to. Uh, went into the classic rock, 80s rock. You know, we loved the whole Sunset Boulevard, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Poison, all that stuff. But then uh, I have a wide range of music because my grandma had her record player playing Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Nat King Cole and all that, you know. Um, no Country was being played, ironically enough. And um, I play country music now full time. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. Now, being in Arkansas, was there a lot of like opportunities to play like outside of church when you and your brother were trying to pick up gigs early on, or how did that? How do you guys go about that? Um, 
there really wasn't in hot springs you'd have to go to little rock or fayetteville um to get like the big you know music scenes i guess and little rock is a really hard scene to get into and, and actually like excel in um my mom actually booked me and my brothers for the longest time as like our booking agent you'd say as high schoolers and she would just be like hey anywhere that will do live music we would we've been set up in like the corner of a four by four area in like a pizza restaurant in hot springs or you know on the lake somewhere on a on a, a dock or a porch and she's just like hey they'll come in and play for free you don't got to pay them let them play i promise you like you won't be disappointed and we did that for years and uh it never failed anywhere we went we would always play and the crowd seemed to like it and the managers would always come up and be like hey we can't let y'all leave without paying you something um and so she did that for us for a long time and then um finally i guess some word got spread around to these bars in, in little rock and fayetteville and then we started um playing at the bigger spots that's awesome but yeah not much music scene there's a there's a few a few spots in downtown hot springs now but a uh, different vibe than what we play so now were you guys writing any original material at that time or mostly covers when you guys were going out yeah gable gate so gable's the writer my brother i've i have written one song with him a few years ago but i'm not much of a writer honestly he uh he has a much better way with words um but yeah, we would play a few originals. We had like a little CD that we um, got 500 copies of that we hand pressed our like a, a cover onto the actual CD. And um, I would do that. And we went to um, a little studio in Hot Springs that was owned by a friend of ours. And um, he let us come in there and record some stuff. And I mean, it is the, the, the worst sounding things you could possibly hear of but we didn't know about home studios it wasn't a thing back then i guess you know as a way to now and uh it, it was definitely a learning experience but we played mostly a bunch of covers grew up listening and played uh kip moore covers was like our, our go-to mm-hmm. uh to kind of fit the same range of gable's voice and uh bruce springsteen and, and john cooper that kind of stuff the older crowd songs they love those <laughs> for sure those classics you know now, do you have any memories that stick out from your guys' early days kind of touring around the South? Oh, God, they've all kind of run together at this point. Um, I think it, the, the the coolest memories I have just from uh, uh, the three of us was we've played our hometown amphitheater called Magic Springs. It's a big amusement park in Hot Springs, but they have a like a 5,000-seat amphitheater there. And I think the coolest thing was just we've played it three times now and to see like the progression of the response we get as like the opener but the local opener um the first time we played there was opening for a band called for king and country and we just did it acoustic and it was like only probably a couple thousand people there but just like our parents and a couple friends came for us for that show and then the next show we played open for martina mcbride and we had you know a couple almost a hundred plus people there for us, I'd say out of a sold out crowd. And this last time we played, we opened for Jordan Davis. And I think we had, you know, over 500 plus people that were there, like to come see the the hometown boys, you know? So that was like a cool progression and that stuck with me over the last four or five years of playing in hot springs. That's awesome. Now you mentioned going to school. Did you end up going to college for a while before making the move to Nashville then or? 
Yeah, I went for uh, uh, just my freshman semester, actually. Um, went there for, I was in the marching band at U of A, Razorbacks, and um, I had to be there for the first fall semester to stay in the marching band. And we were playing around town in Fayetteville, and like the big spots there, like George's Majestic Lounge and uh, um, JJ's and, and that kind of stuff. And we were doing that and I was, I just had a conversation, you know, with my mom and dad at the time. I was like, Hey, I don't want to play flute or do the marching band. Like I want to play music like I'm doing with Gable right now, you know? And, um, it was their, their rule. We had to do our freshman year cause you never get your freshman experience back. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're, they're the biggest supporters. And so they're like, if y'all want to do freshman year and then drop out and play music, we'll support y'all a hundred percent. And, um, yeah, we, um, dropped out after our first year and then then just hit the ground running and playing music and and uh did the whole I guess you call it the Broadway style of shows um where you do the whole three four hour cover band things and um just just try to like um pay your dues type type of stuff and get experience and exposure and and uh moved to Nashville and in 2017 I think 16 and um me and Gable were like, all right, time to just do all original music. No, no covers, nothing like that. No, no cover band stuff. And, and we haven't, haven't had to do that. So it's been great getting like original music out. For sure. Now, what did your first couple months look like in Nashville? Kind of trying to network like on the scene when you first <laughs> got to town. Oh God. I, mean, I was just talking to Gable about this yesterday, actually. Um, our first couple of months were insane. I had worked uh, in Colorado for the year leading up to moving here. So I moved here with a little bit of money to help um, as a cushion, but I needed to get a job. And so he and I both worked at downtown Nashville YMCA. And we were working there as membership greeters in the the morning shift. So from 4.30 in the morning until about noon, we'd be working at the YMCA for $7 an hour. And... um, then we'd go home, take a nap, and then we'd go out and try to meet people and network and, and go see shows and, and hit up Red Door uh, in Midtown because that's where we were told everyone goes to, mm-hmm. to network. And we I think the first six months to a year of living here, we were out out every night until about two in the morning and then going to work at four in the morning. And just did that cycle for a year. And I think it aged me about five years <laughs> coming here. But those connections that we made and people we met are people like Lanny Wilson and Luke Combs band members and, and you know, like friends of ours who are now blowing up, you know, are huge. And it's, it was just like the the dedication and the, the going to hang out and meeting these people and putting yourself out there. And um it was, and we still are friends with these people we've met, you know, six years ago at that, those bars today. Now, outside of Gable, who was the first uh, touring gig that you picked up when you first got to town? Actually, it was, a, I believe it was a, a girl named Farron Rachels. Yeah. She, um, she's awesome. And um, her bass player at the time is a buddy of ours named Rocky Block, big songwriter, a big loud. He's been um, on the show, good player. guy. Yeah, yeah, Rocky's awesome, man. And um, he reached out to my brother. I guess they had seen us play at um, probably Bus Call, like a, a Tin Roof show or Whiskey Jam or something like that. 
and um, reached out to Gable, said, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I have a gig, but uh, I, don't, I can't make it. Can I borrow your brother for it? And he's like, yeah, hit him up. And um, he called me, and my first show outside of my, uh, outside of my brother was uh, with Farron opening for Brantley Gilbert at a, a casino gig. So it was pretty, pretty surreal. And um, the second show was opening for Luke Combs. So I went from playing, you know, this is like three or four years three years into moving to Nashville, I think. And um, went from playing just little bars in Nashville to uh, opening for 70,000 people with Luke Combs. <laughs> wow. Um, and then after those gigs, started getting more more calls from people. And and I've been doing music now full time since, since pretty much then, I guess. Now, there's a couple artists you've worked with that you've actually tour managed uh, too well on the road. Uh, kind of talk about what goes yeah. into that. Um, so, I, so I started... A tour manager just kind of fell into it because I'm a pretty uh, type A, want to be in control, bossy, like anal type of person, you know, and I didn't even know what tour managing was. And um, uh, we actually, one of my, my old roommates, uh, his name is Zach Hallcroft, he um, it, it works in management as well. And, and he was like, oh, no, man, like what you're doing is it's tour management. And I was like, oh, sick. So I kind of fell into it just naturally like that. And I did it with Gable. And then like the first artist I've, officially tm4 is a guy i still play for now named roman alexander yeah and um i, I just pretty much day-to-day tour manage people um i've been offered some tour managing positions but um I, I like playing more than than the whole full tour managing thing the on the road day-to-day tming stuff is is more like where i want to be but it's fun. You get to you get to kind of be in control a little bit, and um, you know, and it, I'm I'm always the one that's like, I need to have a schedule, so it's nice um, being the one to make the schedules. Right. <laughs> but uh, I I tour managed too just briefly with an artist I worked with me and um our drummer kind of co co did it. He did production stuff and I did tour management stuff. A, a female artist named Annie Bosco. She's a uh, blowing up right now. And um, so that was the other artist I've pretty much TM'd for. And, and um, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's fun. <laughs> for sure. Now, earlier this year, you were on the road with Ashley Cook. Uh, how was that, being on the road with her? It was fun, man. I, uh, I've known her for years. Um, I've been in a music video for at one point a couple of years ago for a song. Um, if you watch the whole video, you'll see my shoulder and my hat come into frame i'm like the mysterious guy in the background whatever it was um but yeah we uh, i i, I kind of helped put her band together in the beginning with my buddy andrew who plays drums and uh um, got all that stuff figured out and then she popped off you know and um she reached back out to me beginning of this year she's like hey you want to come play a couple shows with me and i was like hell yeah and so i got to play some of her first ever you know sold out headline shows and played tortuga music festival and it was incredible and um and then she just, uh, you know, restructured some stuff and I had some other stuff going on. And so she's out there killing it. And uh, um, she great homie of ours, man. That's awesome. Now, you also mentioned uh, right now you're currently touring with Roman Alexander. How did that opportunity come yeah. about? Man, so uh, <laughs> I met Roman years and years ago we me and gable and uh my twin brother at the time we were all playing in arkansas and we we opened for this band called backroad anthem back in the day in, in fayetteville 
and Roman was actually the uh, first opener, and I didn't realize it was him. And then um, flash forward to 2019, I think, um, I get a call from his manager at the time and, and uh, on a Sunday night, and she's like, what are you doing tomorrow on Monday? And I was like, uh, nothing, what's up? She's like, you want to come play bass for this artist I have? Um, his bass player can't make this show. It's opening for Billy Currington on Wednesday in Texas. And I was like, hell yeah, uh, I'll give it a shot. Why not? And um, went to rehearsal. Everything went great. Learned the music. Um, played the show that Wednesday night. He was like, do you want this gig? And I was like, yeah, man, this is fun. I like you. I like your music. And I've been playing with it ever since. Um, that's that's kind of how I feel like Nashville works. <laughs> How's it been? Like, I feel like, especially over the past couple months, he's only been blowing up more. Has it been cool seeing the crowds yeah. progressively get bigger and bigger as you play with him? Yeah, man. Actually, um, so I, we were on the same hunt tour last year. We've done big shows of him opening for people. But then, like, this year we did what's called the Nashville Hits the Roof Tour. And it's where uh, Tinder collaborates with original artists and they put you on a circuit. And you come in and you play an, an hour and a half set of all original music. And I've done that with other artists in previous years, and you never know how it's going to go. But seeing Roman's, uh, he's been blowing up on social media and, and streaming and whatnot. And we didn't know how these shows were going to go in a market he's never played. And we were out for a month and we played, you know, three nights a week and every show in markets he's never been to had a crowd and people were there knowing his music singing his songs and um there was one show in florida we did where someone was like yeah i drove seven hours down here to come see you play because it was the closest place to my home wow and we're uh, me and him are both like what the hell you know like that's incredible to see the growth um and it's cool for me because i've been with him for so long now where we've played to small crowds and to nobody and, and then to play for 10,000, you know, with Sam Hunt and then to, for, to play his own shows and he can sell now, you know, hundreds of tickets to these venues. Um, it's, it's just really cool. And um, it's a cool experience to be a part of. Do you have a favorite song in the set at the moment? One that just hypes you up when you see it's coming up in the set? Honestly, our opening song, uh, which isn't even out yet, um, that it, it's, a, it's a, a banger of a song. And it's it definitely gets gets the crowd hyped, you know, I think. But uh, one of my favorite ones is one it's called Fried Green Tomatoes. It's it's a very Billy Currington esque song. Yes. And uh, we actually we just played a little festival down in off Alabama last weekend because that song mentions the town and they called him was like, we have to have this guy. And we, we headlined their festival down there, which was incredible. But uh. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun one, and then one of his that's that's not his, but it's one of my favorite covers to do is Mr. Brightside. Oh yeah, um, it's it's just such a fun song to play, and that definitely definitely gets the the crowd going. You know. Now I like to close my interviews by asking, "What's a piece of advice you'd give to the younger musicians out there uh, wanting to be in your place?" Um, I, I'd go back to what I said probably about making connections and just going out. It's so. It's different now, and it's funny to say because I know technology has been here forever, but in the last six years, it really has changed. I mean, you have the, the like TikTok wasn't, I never even heard of TikTok until like COVID, you know. But so 
now it's different, but I would say go out and go to shows of local venues in town, go meet these bands that are starting out. And I, I can't say it enough. Red door in Midtown was the spot uh, uh, back then that we met everybody, but um, man, go out, out, go to, don't go to, I wouldn't say go to Broadway cause that's not really where people go to meet people. You just go to party there, but yeah, go to these local spots in town and, and, and just, you know, it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But personal connections and putting yourself out there is, is the way to do it. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening in this week. And thanks again to Spencer for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you, man. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at Spencer underscore Bradley. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Graham Bunn country music radio personality check out starting small music on youtube to see all the video content from our interviews and also follow starting small music on instagram at starting small music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next